You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SEN Tassie, Flash. With David Lithgow. And good morning to wherever you are on this Friday morning. Sitting here in the palatial state here at Harrison Agents. David Lithgow with you this morning. And I'm joined by my old mate, Brett Jeeves. Breakfast with Flash and Jeeves for Amy. The doers of insurance and Harrison Agents. Tasmanian real estate experts were live across Tasmania on the SCN app. Jeeva, good morning, young man. Good morning to you, Davey. How are you? Oh, I'm good. That's good. I'm good. I was thinking on the way in, I, I can't believe I've not been late to one of these 7 a.m. starts across the journey. So I'm actually quite proud of myself because you know me, I'm late to pretty much everything. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm thrilled I have not put SEN in a bad no, spot, you, or you. Not at all. You're always here with 92 seconds to go. And it works, <laughs> uh, and it works only, for you, mate. Because I stand in line <laughs> waiting for your cup of tea. But, I was uh, about to actually compliment on you that. On any, that. Anything Thank for you, you David. How's but it, it feels good. I'm, I'm up good. this morning. I feel good. good. Normally Gee. I'm... Gee, okay. Yeah. It's not always Norm- like that. Normally folks it's at home, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> 7.25, <laughs> I kind of kick in. But uh, no, I'm feeling good about... <laughs> some bizarre dreams last night but uh looking forward to chatting to you about uh this justin langer Oof, scenario because it's been a it's been a a, a great week i think well, it's been a great week for cricket we've got a we've got a great show yes we're going to talk about some cricket my golly this cummins and langer thing has me absolutely intrigued afl tasmania boss damien gills joining us after the the first break. So much footy talk to talk mm. about. Huge week since since last Friday, of course. Um, we we know that well, that uh, effectively Tasmania, in some shape or form, is going to have a team at some stage. Can't wait to hear his, his thoughts. Also, those couple of really good kids, Lockie Cowan, Tommy McCallum, the draft's not far away. I saw Shifter Sheen yesterday, having both in the top 30. Wouldn't that be cool? Tommy McCallum, of course, son of the great Scott, someone you and I think very highly of as a, as a human being. Um, terribly exciting. I, I mean, it feels like um, every week and every month as we're skipping by here in Tassie, we've got more sport to talk about, Brett, doesn't it? There's more, there's more happening. There's more stuff that's coming our way and the, and the news that potentially... Gosh, well, and it's big news as well. It's, news, yeah, it's, it's big, massive big news. local... Yep. Um, Social shifting news. Massive. Uh, so, yeah, very exciting. Um, we're going to talk to Jordan Cornelius. The World Cup, I was up early again this morning. Ronaldo scored again. 
after, well, three days after telling Manchester United to get stuffed, basically, and he's not going to play there anymore. And what about this star? Heather Graham from the Hurricanes is going to come on with us after half past eight. So moving all around the genres here, Brady Boy, we've got lots and lots of sport. Of course, the Jack Jumpers are playing tomorrow night back in Melbourne. Um, a huge game, I reckon, at five yeah, and six. We'll, we'll talk about that at some stage. We've missed the basketball a little bit. They've had the fever break. They haven't been at home for, for a while. So yes. t- tomorrow night, big game. Huge game. Um, let's get rolling here. And I can't wait to talk this with you. And I'm not sure what your thoughts about it, which is the beauty of this. Justin Langer, we've got some good audio here. I'm not sure if you've, um, well, you would have heard it. Um, we haven't talked about this, folks, so this is going to be a very, very fresh debate, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Let's have a listen to the former, well, champion, opening batter, and cap or coach of Australia. Everyone was being nice to my face, and I was reading about it, this stuff. I'm going, and half of it, I swear to God, on my kids' lives, it was like, I cannot believe... This is one making the papers. I've got a belief. There's, you know, you hear a lot of journalists use the word source. A source says. Mm-hmm. I would say, change that word for coward. A coward says. Not a source because, what do you mean a source says? They've either got an axe to grind with someone and they won't come and say it to your face or they're just leaking stuff for their own agenda. I hate that. <laughs> yes, I just love this. This is amazing. Um, can, I just, can I just go back and say... With Justin Langer, I've done a reasonable amount of interviews over the last 10 or 11 years, 12 years, I've been doing this waffle of talking about sport. And for me, about just before, five years ago, um, before he got the Australian job, my most favourite interview I've ever done, I went for 12 minutes with, with Justin Langer. Because he has this way of talking, whether you like him or not like him, that is just really interesting. That is a prime example of interest. Brett Jeeves, tell me about it. Break it down. What do you think? <laughs> what, he, what he's done really well is named, named up the use of sources perfectly because <laughs> the people that are providing you the information... And, and look, I've, I've been in a situation where I've written and, and used sources and, and, have, Whacked a few. and have spoken to people who've wanted to pro- provide information mm. and been willing to, 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 to give up some, some good intel... And and they do so for that exact reason yes. that Justin named up. There's a there's there's generally a reason, and it is to uh, undermine or um, you know there's there's this inability to, to to take it to the person and and speak to them face to face. And 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 sometimes it is required. You know, sometimes there is a need to use the media for a, a narrative or or an agenda that can't be sorted through face to face. And, and and I think in Justin's case. Um, those face-to-face conversations had been had, and my sources, David, yes. <laughs> tell me, in in this scenario, that that it, all of that feedback that was that was coming through the media um, was delivered to Justin many times across crisis meetings and uh, meetings with the ACA and meetings with Cricket Australia around the need for him to dial it back a little bit, and and, and we saw about twelve months, um, twelve months. Out of well, prior to his uh, removal, I think he was offered a short-term contract, and then he six declined it. Yeah, six months extension. He Cut knocked the that World back. Cup. Twelve months prior to that, maybe a little bit longer. You'd remember in the news there was, um, you know, Payne and and Finchie and these guys had, had had sort of got 
Langer in a in a room. I think well might have even been a teams meeting. I think team. I think actually Tim might have had a significant one on one with him. Yeah, he and laid so it out. yeah, and it was laid out for him. And so as a result of that, um, Michael Divinudo and Andrew McDonald's roles increased as assistants. So they played more of a hands on coaching role in delivering sessions and. Uh, which re- which removed Justin a little bit from you know from from being so hands on and so controlling. So I'm I'm surprised that Justin's surprised by the by the feedback coming through the media um, because certainly what I read through the media of that time is in line with the level of feedback he would have received. Um, okay, let's just listen to a little bit of audio, just little snippets here, and this is Langer talking about the love for his team. So they give me this feedback. I said, no, and I spoke to Pat Cummins. And Pat Cummins said to me probably five times, oh, mate, this might be brutally honest. I said, Pat, there is nothing brutal about your feedback. What's brutal is I'm hearing it behind my back through the media or through sources. And everyone, no one's telling me. There's nothing brutal. Tell me. He told me, oh, yeah, no worries. Great, mate. The hardest thing for me of it all, I've never said this publicly, right, but I will see you guys will get some headlines probably. The hardest thing for me of all of it was I got the feedback. I did something about it. We won the T20 World Cup. We won the Ashes. We're number one in the world. I've never enjoyed coaching more. I still got sacked. That's the hardest thing. And twisted. Oh, man, I've never been happier in my whole life. I feel really happy, Ryan, and I'm really all this. The only thing I'm not happy about is what's happened in the last few days. It just doesn't make sense. I love my four years as coaching of of Australia. It was brilliant. Didn't end as we like, as I would have liked. That's life, right? That's the business. It's a tough business. But I've got fond memories. Those guys we're talking about, I ate with them. I drank with them. I celebrated with them. We got through COVID together. We got through sandpaper together. We won the World Cup together. We won the Ashes together. They're like my little brothers. Yes, so good. That was on that was on Channel Seven Perth by Sorry, the way no, yeah, last sh- night. Um, I shouldn't laugh, but um. well, don't think did you, you, you suggest you saying that he, he's making it up. He doesn't no, mean no, it. no, no, okay. no. It, it, no, he means it. Oh, he, he, means he, it. he feels it. Like he feels it. No, which I'm, is, I'm hearing it. And which I'm is which it. is funny. It is. I just, there is there is humour in how much he loves yes. Australian cricket and how much he loves cricket. Like it's it's beyond love. It's, how much it, he loves Ricky Ponting. It's an obsession for him and, and, and the brotherhood and it is family and, and it's huge for him um, but I, I think I think the biggest mistake made and I, I know we've got to get to a break here uh, very quickly but I think the biggest mistake made was from Cricket Australia who obviously taking on board the feedback from, from players um, decided that it was probably time to move on from Justin after four years and he was, he was able to um, Get them back on track with, oh, with uh, Tim Payne's yep. leadership together. They, mm. they put together something quite special and something that they both should be really proud of. But Creative Australia obviously made the decision to, to move on from Justin. And what should have happened is that the recruitment or the appointment of the next coach shouldn't have been internal. So there's no way, given the circumstances around... And Justin's right, around the leaking of sources and around the, 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 the indirect feedbacks that Andrew McDonald and, and, and Michael Divinudo weren't, um, I'm not going to say that they were part of that or they were creating or leading that, but they would have certainly been aware of all that and would have been a part of a lot of those conversations in terms of direct feedback to Justin. So with that in mind, they should have gone and got a completely independent coach that was fresh, 
new uh, with their own processes, systems. Um, you know, keep Andrew McDonald and, and Michael Divinuto on because they're both technically unbelievable coaches, good people, great relationships with the players, but it needed new direction. It needed a completely new voice. Uh, and I think that was the mistake made. Interesting. Look, I haven't um, scratched the surface with this conversation, so we might um, we might continue that on a little bit later. We need to keep moving. Damien Gill coming up shortly. Stay with us. Here you with Flash and Jeevesy. In the green, Marsh is taking wickets, books is clearing pickets, and the chapel's eyes have got that killer gleam. On SEN Tassie, Flash with David Lithgow. We're here for Amy, the doers of insurance and Harrison agents. And Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year, Hobart Kia movement that inspires. You want to hit us up with a text, 0437 55 Great to have your company wherever you are. Great to have this man on the show for the first time in a while as well. Good morning to, well, the cocker of AFL Tasmania, Damien Gill. How are you there, young man? Morning, Flash. How are you, mate? And Jeezy? Good. Good. How are you, though, mate? Good, thank you. Great yeah, to uh, have good. you on board, very, mate. Very How's your uh, week, mate? Have you had much on? Oh, I've actually been a bit <laughs> under the weather. It's a bit going around. Oh, have you? Yeah, right. no good. But uh, I'm on the mend now, Flash, and uh, all the better for being on your great program. Good on you, mate. Um, what's the week been for you, apart from your lurgy starting from um, last Friday lunchtime, mate? Oh, there's been a, a fair bit of discussion, it's fair to say. There's a lot of excitement, I think, on the the direction of where the Tasmanian licence process is at. Um, it was a good day on Friday. Always good to have Gill in town. And uh, I thought the Premier in particular was very, very strong when it came to where the licence is at. But also, importantly, uh, the call for the stadium, the need for the stadium and uh, all the work that's going to that has gone into it already and will continue to go into it before it's uh, taken to the, the federal government with a business case. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was, yeah, you know, another key milestone along the journey of a Tasmanian team. Damo, I'm keen to, I'm keen to know um, what the potential licence looks like for, for, for young aspiring Tasmanians that want to, creep their way into the AFL as far as structures, pathway and the State League. Have you, have you got that far down the road in terms of being able to, to establish some of that? Yeah, look, Jeezy, um, since I guess we embarked on, well, even prior to the AFL licence process getting so deep, we, we went about looking at the structures within Tasmanian footy um, and, and embarked on a real deep consultation process around, you know, where are the gaps? Uh, where are some of the solutions? What can we do to make sure we're putting Tassie footy in the best place? And we sort of hit pause on that somewhat because the AFL licence process progressed so far and aligned it with that process. So a lot of that work is in the bank. It's ready to go. We've got, you know, 
a lot of, as I say, deep consultation, so interviews, uh, town halls, surveys. We've also got a whole swag of data that really gives us a good picture on where the issues are. And then we've actually put together a plan and a vision on how we correct those. Um, obviously, it's a bit hard to get too far down the road until we know for sure we've got the AFL team because that changes the dynamics of everything. So we've, we remain committed and steadfast that once we do know the AFL piece, we'll roll out a vision for Tasmanian footy that is cradle to grave, as you speak of. But the big thing for me and what's frustrated me in recent times is I don't like this notion of Tasmanian men and women you know, after their top age year with the Devils feeling like they have to leave the state to have a crack. Whatever it looks like, that can't be it. We need to make sure there's something there so aspirational Tasmanians, men and women, can stay in our state and feel like they can have a crack at the AFL. Obviously, the ultimate is we've got our own team. Uh, but even if we don't, I think that piece needs to be corrected. And what what does that look like, do you think, Damo, as far as you know, being being able to go from top age uh, juniors into a system that actually provides draft opportunities. I mean, I think the feedback from local footy community is that the state league at the moment probably isn't it. So, you know, young people are having to, to, to move into state. Does it become a bit of a state league problem or is, it, or is, is, there, is there planning and, and correction around the state league to try and beef that up? Yeah, I, I think it's probably simplistic for uh, to just point the finger at the state league and where it's at. But I think it's a I think it's a whole footy uh, ecosystem sort of problem. So, like at the moment, and we're starting to get on top of elements of this. But at the moment, we don't work together all that well in terms of our leagues and competitions, and make sh- making sure that you know the right players are playing in the right places and. Um, it, it, it just could be better, and we all know it. So we're doing a fair bit of work on that. Salary cap's one piece, um, which I know Flash uh, has a laugh at, but it, it is important that we put salary caps in place. And I think, you know, there's obviously discussion around the potential of a competition in between, whether it's a VFL team, which Tasmania's experienced in the past, VFLW, uh, those elements. But it's a, as I say, it's a bit hard because... You, if there's an AFL team, I think logically people think there may be a VFL team, but if there isn't an AFL team, obviously the solution might look a bit different and you might need to look at, you know, a, a completely different structure. So I know I'm dancing around it, but I don't want to get ahead of the AFL stuff because it, I think it is really important that sort of is the North Star. Once we know that, then we're able to fill the elements below it. Damo, just on that, and really quickly, Flash has got a quick question for you, but I, I just wanted to, to say well done on the salary cap for, uh, for for some of those country and regional leagues. I, I think that that's a really important uh, process to have in place to, to try and bolster uh, the premier football competition. So so congrats on that. I think that's really brave. Uh, and I'll now hand to Dave, who wants to uh, ask you a question. Just quickly, mate, because time's running away from us. Can you just... T- oh, I want to sidetrack a little bit to the draft. These two young kids. It was great to see uh, Shifter Sheen yesterday. He... Uh, I think he had Lockie Cowan at 15 and maybe Tommy McCallum at 29 or 30. Um, that's really exciting, apart from the fact that um, I'm here in the Swans or into both of them. But well, that's another conversation, Damien, for you and I offline. But that, that's really exciting in all fairness, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And there's probably 
five guys in the mix when you throw in Seth Campbell, Cam Owen, Brandon Leary. Um, but, yes. yeah, obviously those two are the two getting a lot of the attention. Lockie's had a terrific year, it goes without saying. Um, co-captain of our Tassie Devils team, member of the academy and, you know, Morris Medal. So he's, he's had a, a really, really good year. And I thought Tommy McCallum might excite you, particularly when Shifter uh, compared him to Tom McCartan. I thought he that did. might have mm. uh, got you going. But, yeah, no, had a great year. And uh, for, for a player that switched from four to back as well, um, yeah, just terrific interceptor. And hopefully their names are called out. And I think it, credit will need to go to, obviously, the boys themselves, everyone that's been involved in their development. But from my point of view, the work that Jeremy Webley and our talent team has done has been outstanding and our program's in such a good place. Here, here, yes. Very, very good operator, the whole team. You've done a terrific job. What an under-18 season it was. Lockie Cowan, um, he could be a star, I reckon. Oh, yeah, no question. I think um, my frustration throughout the year a little bit was when they were talking about the draft board, he wasn't getting much of a mention, but he's come with a rush at the... At the back end of the year, he's just, yeah, so good. Accumulates the footy. Um, that sort of running halfback that we really like to see in the game nowadays, I think Shifter's comparison for him was Tom Stewart. So, I mean, if he's half as good as Tom Stewart, he's going to be a hell of a footballer. So, um, yeah, there's, there's not too much you can say about Lockie that isn't positive. He's just he's grown and grown and grown and grown. You know, most effective kick with long kicks, you know, second most rebound 50s in the NAB League, third most disposal. So, like, from a numbers standpoint, he's off the charts. And, uh, yeah, I hope for his sake that his name's called out next week and it will be the start of a, a really, really rich AFL career. What about with the AFLW Grand Final this week, mate? Tell us about how you've thought that season's gone, in particular with the Tassie girls. Yeah, well, um, from a Melbourne point of view, I hope they get the chocolates up against Brisbane. But in terms of our Tassie girls across the season, I think um, it's been amazing to see some of them step in and have an impact. Um, the likes of Matty Brazendale, who's gone to GWS, was their rising star in her first season. Um, she was a bit of a speculative pick, and she's just grown and grown and grown. The Cole Bresnahan, who's been in the system for a while now, is to be honest, gone from a bit of a role player to a really, really good player off half-back for the Ruse. And, um, yeah, I've been incredibly impressed with her. But Daria Bannister, probably the other one, moved across uh, from North Melbourne to Essendon. Was there, I think, their leading goal kicker, if not leading second goal kicker. And she just had a terrific season, got herself really fit and played some terrific footy. So, yeah. It's not just in the men's space, but in the women's space, Tasmania's doing great things on the big stage. And, yeah, it's been a good season in the AFLW for Tasmanians. Well, Damo, also the inclusion space. So the, the, the state wheelchair team uh, are battling it out in South Australia at the moment. Uh, they've been going quite well. I believe a preliminary final tomorrow um, against SA. How, how is all that shaping up? Yeah, it's actually this morning, 10.30, oh, I think. You excellent. Can watch it on, you can watch it on KO, which is magnificent. Ah, yes. Tuning yeah, into the game. And, um, yeah, they've got South Australia, who they lost to by three points uh, the other day. So, it's yeah, big game. Uh, led by Joe Chivers, who does a lot of work with us. Terrific fella, and he's been coaching the team. And, yeah, they previously, we haven't been in the Div 1 at all. And uh, now we're in Div 1 and in a prelim. So... 
Yeah, really good to see Tasmania in all all facets really uh, doing a great job. And uh, the bloke by Fit, by the name of Fitzgerald in our team who kicked, they still say kicked, kicked 10 goals yesterday in, uh, wow. in the game that saw us past Victoria and into the prelims. So, yeah, massive effort. And, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of the work we do in that space with our wheelchair team, but also our inclusion team that went away a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, just really, really important programs. That's excellent. Love to hear that stuff, Damien. Well done, mate. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a good, well, rest up. It sounds like you're on the mend, and we'll talk to you shortly, mate. Sounds good. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks, Damien. And in time now, let's roll straight into the news. And to do it. Been a couple of pens missed this tournament so far. There have been. 65th minute. And Zigi's look confident. Lawrence Atizigi in goal for Ghana. Cristiano Ronaldo from the spot. Steps up. Never any doubts. Into the back of the nets. Cristiano Ronaldo. It just had to be this man. He simply cannot stay away from the spotlights. <laughs> CR7. The first man to score at five different World Cups. Difference maker, record breaker, Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, Cristiano, uh, what's that, three, four days after um, finally parting ways with Manchester United, scoring the goal this morning, Portugal getting the result 3-2 in a, well, a whirlwind second half over Ghana this morning. Great to have your company wherever you're listening here, SEN Time, Flash and Jeevesy. And without further ado, the man who's putting the voice for us here on SEN for the World Cup, Jordan Cornelius, has joined us this morning. Good morning to you, Jordan. Morning, Flash. Morning, Brett. How's things? Really well, thank you, mate. Um, firstly, how's your week been? You're, um, you're just living out the dream there, mate, just waking up at the early hours and talking about the great World Game. It's been a terrific start to the World Cup. Yes, yeah, no, it has been. It's been a good, a good week so far to start the World Cup the first few days. We've, we've seen every team now, so it's been good fun. But, uh, yeah, living out the dream, I suppose. It's um, sleeping through the day and, uh, and, and being awake all at night, but it's, it's good fun, though, and I'm happy to do it for the next month. Jordo, really selfishly, I want to I want to kick off the first question. I pulled Spain in my sweep. Uh, where's Where's my cash at? Is, am I Am I in the game there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes, for sure. This yeah. is good. Even uh, it didn't even it didn't take a seven nil result no. either for you for you to be in the oh, game. Oh, they won seven seven nil against. <laughs> I didn't I didn't actually see that. Okay, well, I am in the game then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let no, Let's take the, let. Yeah, sorry, no, Jordan. You. I was just going to say, let's let's go back and start the week. Well, not the, the second day, weren't we? That Australia against France, the backlash, the conversations, etc. Um, where have you seen it since then? Um, I find that we're very typical here in Australia, with especially the fans that don't follow the game at all, and they're happy to pile on. And that seemed to happen a little bit after losing to the world champions. Um, what, what did you see in the game, and, and in, more importantly, tomorrow night against Tunisia? What, what do you think needs to change? Yeah, the um, the, look, the game against France. It was actually the, the first couple of uh, the first sort of phase of the game, the opening twenty minutes, half an hour. It was actually pretty good for Australia. We were we were comfortable on the ball. We looked good. We looked like looked like we belonged on the stage alongside France, and we had that opening goal in the first nine minutes. And things were looking good. After that, we went we went too defensive, and we just let we allowed France to come back into the game. So I think I think the game plan um, just probably 
that I think that's what let us down because up until that point where we scored the goal and then, and then to the point that we conceded um, the next two goals, we actually looked like we were we were in the contest. So um, I think it's probably I don't think it was a personnel thing. I think most of the players that Graham Arnold had available to him to pick in the team were actually they actually did the job when we were looking good. But it was just the the mentality, the attitude. And I think we weren't brave enough, and that's been uh, that's been a theme at this World Cup with some of the the, the lesser ranked nations who have caused upsets, um, like Saudi Arabia a few days ago beating Argentina, um, Tunisia getting a draw, a pretty you know a, a sturdy draw against Denmark, um, and even Japan yesterday beating Germany. All those sides played brave football. They they took the game on. They didn't go into their shell against the bigger nations, but Australia somehow did, and I think that's um, that's that's a part of the mentality of of the way that we set up and maybe the game plan that needs to change. And I think that's what needs to change tomorrow against Tunisia. Tunisia aren't uh, a France. They're not going to to beat us with raw pace and, and skill like France did. Um, but they are a good team, as we saw the other night against Denmark. They probably surprised most people, really, by getting a draw against Denmark. And it was a good draw as well. Um, so uh, it needs to be more positive football for the 90 minutes. And we can't afford to go back in our shell because then we'll just we'll allow the other teams to dominate us. Geordie, there was uh, there was a lot made of uh, the World Cup squad selected. Some some old heads left out. Um, you're laughing at me here, Dave. What are you laughing at me for? I'm just laughing at your um, extraordinary knowledge of the game. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> oh, I it could be next to Les Murray. It's great. I'm laughing. <laughs> well, 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 it's good. It's, I'm not wrong. There no, was a, not. there was you're a not. lot made Spot of on. changes to the Accurate. squad. Some old heads. Coach left out his son-in-law, David. He he did. Such was the, the the need for change uh, from the coach. What what. What did you make of that? And, and I guess some of the commentary around that was that, you know, with, with, with some young legs, there was hope for the type of game style that you're asking for, uh, a little bit more dash, a little bit more dare. Uh, you haven't quite seen it. What do, you, what do you make of all that? Yeah, I, I don't know if there was... I mean, there was definitely a couple of, of names that were left out of the squad um, that, you know, you know, you know, you know, prizes. But I think overall, the, the general sort of composition of the squad is, is pretty fair. Like, the amount of... Uh, well, the types of players that Graham Arnold pick, picks in the squads, um, the players that he picks, most of them, he's, a, he's the kind of coach who wants to pick players who are playing football regularly. So there's a few names, a few bigger names that were left out that maybe aren't getting regular game time for their clubs, and, and he sees that as a factor. And I don't think, I don't think many people had, um, had an argument to that. Um, there were a couple of names. Obviously, Mitch Langerak, who was the number two goalkeeper, was probably the big one. Trent Sainsbury, as you mentioned, the son-in-law, was, was another big one as well. And Jason Davidson, who had, who had been playing with Melbourne Victory last season, who had been really good at left-back. But other than that, I don't think there was many absolute surprises. But you are right, yeah, the, the, the type of game style that we want to see, the, the attacking football, um, taking the game on, there are the young guys in the team, and that's the next generation of Australian football that are coming through. And we've got those guys in the squad with Garen Quoll, the 18-year-old from the Central Coast Mariners, Marco Tilio, who plays for, um, for Melbourne City. They're all in there in that team and um, yeah I don't think look the selection there's always going to be selection uh, dilemmas and, and scandals and but that's like every nation there, there's that happens with every country around the world so I don't know I think generally I'm, I'm personally pretty um, content with the, the way the squad's being composed I think it's a pretty balanced squad the rest of the games overnight of course Uruguay and South Korea the, the Asian countries still doing well which is really fascinating nil all in that game of course we mentioned Portugal 3-2 and Brazil are 2-0 up as an Everton supporter watching Charleston score goals regularly he doesn't score many for Tottenham but he's scored two for Brazil 
Um, and that that's listen. Can we break down very quickly these upsets? I mean, this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's what we saw with Argentina, uh, what we saw yesterday with Germany in that game. Extraordinary results, extraordinary results for Saudi Arabia, the, Japan. Um, is that more evidence that the the gaps are closing and? All the old conversations previously that the too many European te- or not enough European teams, the Asian teams aren't good enough, etc. We can put that to bed now, can't we? I think so. It's definitely heading that way, absolutely, and I'm really glad to see that. I think Asian football is probably yeah, absolutely. Like you, you talk about Europe and South America being the best two continents, I think Asia is right there as 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 the next best, and that gap is closing. I mean, Japan have been a good team for for a long time, but they are getting better and better and better every year, every World Cup. Most of those players in the Japanese squad play in the German league. It's just a trend for Japanese football that they all go to Germany. So they, uh, a lot of those players in the team probably knew their German opponents. Feel comfortable, didn't they? They did, absolutely, yeah. And, and they play... I think Japan are probably the, the leaders of Asian football in the way that they um, the, the way they play their game. They're very technically sound, so they've got really good fundamental skills. They're fast, they take the game on, they're brave in the way that they play and um and we saw that the other day against Germany and then and then similar with um with Saudi Arabia so normally Saudi Arabia and they're they're a pretty pretty solid nation when it comes to playing against other Asian teams in qualifying um but when they get to the world stage at the world cup they tend to go into their shell they play very safe very defensive but we saw a complete shift in that the other the other day against Argentina where they were taking the game on they were pressing up they were putting Argentina on the back foot for the first 20 minutes of that second half, Argentina were they were up against it. Like they they're not normally made to feel uncomfortable against lesser ranked nations, but Saudi Arabia made them feel that way. And so that's a, that's a trend that I want to see more of in this World Cup. And I think I think more teams, more of the quote unquote lesser teams, might take some inspiration from the likes of Saudi Arabia and Japan and Tunisia and even. To a, to a slightly lesser extent, Ghana today against Portugal, who got pretty close to, to equalising. Um, I think a lot of those lesser nations will take a, take a inspiration and, and think, all right, well, if we take the game on, we press up, we really take it to these opposition teams, we press high, put them on the back foot, try and pepper the goal a bit, then we might actually get a result. So, And, and yeah, all that's been down to... Um, just general, uh, generally speaking, Asian football and African and North American football improving over the last couple of years. And Jordy, before we let you get back to bed for a little kip shop before the next game, or are you are you, are you off, for, off for some brekkie, or are you straight into it? Uh, no, no, I've, I've had uh, I've had my, my my breakfast or my dinner. I don't know what what to call it because I'm, I'm at the end of my my day, so I'll watch the last five minutes of this Brazil game and then head to bed soon. Yeah. You are all over the place, you poor bugger. But uh, before we before we let you take off, in a in a in a word, who wins? Uh, Brazil. And who's your who's your sleeper pick? If you if you're a money man and you're looking for for good value, who do you like in that sort of five through twenty dollar range? Oh, tough question. Uh, my my sleeper was probably. Probably Serbia, but they're they're not looking that good at the moment against Brazil uh, in this game here. So I might I might say the, the Netherlands. They weren't that good the other day against against Senegal, but I do have faith in the Netherlands that they can they can really improve. It might seem like a bit of an obvious choice picking the Dutch, but because they are one of the, the bigger nations, but they weren't at the World Cup the last time, and they've got a very young squad. So they're kind of they're starting from a bit further back. So I'll say the Dutch. 
Jordan, thanks so much for joining us, mate. I've already been listening to a lot of your work and I'm going to enjoy the next two and a bit weeks. Very exciting. All the best. Thank you, Flash. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, mate. And let's head to a break, Brady boy, and we'll come back and continue. Maybe we might rev up the Langer Cummins conversation again. It's Flash and Jeevesy. We'll keep talking shortly. Let's not also forget, and, and I'm not anti-Justin I, I love Justin Lang. I love what he did for Australian cricket. I think Justin wasn't sacked. Justin was offered a six-month extension to yep. his contract, yep. which he didn't agree with. Well, in fairness to Simon O'Donnell, six-month contract's not a long one. <laughs> um, that's fascinating, listing, isn't it? I really like what Simon said there. Yeah, it's... Um you can you can certainly understand that there's a there's an article uh, written that I think is is written off the back of of that interview um, where Simon goes on to say um, unfortunately he Langer hasn't ridden off hasn't ridden off into the sunset waved goodbye and enjoyed all he's achieved and and I think I think O'Donnell's right like he he's he's actually named that up really well. Um, and, and and it kind of speaks. It's it's an addition to what we spoke about earlier, where um, where the end for Justin was was bad. Um, so Simon O'Donnell's point that he, that he hasn't ridden off into the sunset, uh, waved goodbye, and, and and all was rosy is, is a real opportunity lost from from Cricket Australia, where if they knew that that he wasn't their guy, and clearly he wasn't their guy, six month contract extension is 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 pretty disrespectful oh, to a man that's. You that's oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's you know turned it around culturally. Uh, got got the team flying. Number one, Ashes. Yeah. So he he yeah. Des- he deserved an extension, no doubt. But because of his relationships yeah. and some of the intensities that that wasn't felt well by the players, um, it was decided that they were probably best to move on from him. What they should have done had they known that is actually celebrated Justin Langer on the way out, and and which speaks to Simon O'Donnell's point that. Um, not long after all, all of that took place, Justin Langer was was inducted into the, the Cricket Hall of Fame or the Australian mm. Sports Hall of Fame. There was something re- a, a really significant um, Australian sporting achievement um, came not long after all of this ugliness. And so Cricket Australia really missed the boat in that, you know, they, they had the opportunity to, to throw Justin Langer in the back of a ute, give him a lap of honour on the way out, induct him into, the, into, into whatever Hall of Fame it was, uh, and celebrate Justin Langer on the way out as one of Australia's yes. greatest and most passionate and proudest cricketers, sports people of all time. And, but they didn't. And, and I, I just wonder sometimes with these, with these large sporting bodies, how they can get it so wrong. Yes. Like, how could, how could you not be thinking six months out, if, if, if this is the way we want to go, how do we do the right thing by Justin? Justin deserves, as one of our greatest ever players, and that's undeniable, he is all world. He deserves a farewell, a fitting farewell. And, and, and he didn't get it. And I can understand why he's, why he's a little bitter about it. Um, but at, at, at some point, Justin Lang was always going to come out and have his, have his say. You know, I think he's done quite well to actually bite his tongue for as long as he has. It's fascinating. And uh, the Cummins part of it all is also so interesting. I mean, we go back 12 months ago. He's a guy that um, elevated into the leadership group, obviously, of, of the Australian cricket team and decided to play the IPL and not go and play for Australia. Cash is king, right? Cash is king. Um, now, this year, things have changed around. I think he's clearly done the decision I think he should have done last year. He shouldn't have been going to the IPL last year. I, in fact, I, I, I don't think he actually got the criticism as a, as a good dude 
Um, you know, fa- everyone likes Paddy Cummins, or not so much at the moment, no. which is a bit of a shame <laughs> for him. But no. he, yeah, I find the whole thing fascinating. Th- and, and, a lot- and, and, and lastly, who's actually got the numbers? This is what I want to know. And if you want to, I'd love to hear what the people got to say. Text in and tell us. 0437 Who's actually in the right here? Is it Langer or is it Cummins? And but who has got the numbers? And I'm actually not sure who has. Yeah, Dave, and some, sometimes I think that that a lot of the communication and a lot of the words used, and, 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 and perhaps this is on the media and communications person, that the word... The words used need to pass the pub test, don't they? So, so, so when when the the word sacrifice is used about not going to the IPL to earn big money, and you're the Australian captain, or even if you're an Australian cricket player on an Australian contract, and you think that you've had to sacrifice an IPL opportunity, that's a problem for you and I as yep. fans because it has to be Australia first. It does. Justin Langer's not coming out saying that he sacrificed IPL money. He sacrificed no. his life to be an Australian yep. player. It's interesting. And so, and, and, and so that's where I think a lot of the, the, the messaging and the wording and the communication is, is lost because it, it just doesn't pass the pub test. Whereas players of yesteryear, they, they got it right because it was Australia first and it was really easy for the Australian public to actually get behind uh, those cricketers. It's a great discussion. I think we could um, whack another another hour on to the end of the day. We we could almost come back to this again. Let's have a break and go to the news. The second hour, can't wait. Hot or not coming up. And we're going to talk to Heather Graham, who's had another terrific season from the Hurricanes, of course, bowing out, sadly, when the third and fourth clash two nights ago. You're with Flash and Jeevesy. It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not. Oh, mama. There's a lot of hot and there's a lot of not going on around the world at the moment. Brady Jeeves, great to have your company for the second hour. It's not a great, well... It's gloomy. It's gloomy. It's gloomy, It's It's interesting. Maybe maybe the tide's turned a fraction in terms of the weather. It looks like we're just going to... Today's not great, but maybe we've got a 20-something tomorrow. I'm seeing... Multiple 20-somethings in about a week's time. Anyway, it's been a pretty patchy... Well, it's been a, it's been a dreadful it's been spring. Horrible. It's been ridiculous, hasn't it? All wet the people going to noose. Wet or windy. Oh, stress. Yeah, good on them. Noosa. Yeah. Noosa was good 15 years ago. Still good, Noosa. I'm yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not busy for me. A little bit. A mm. little bit pretentious, but we all think things are pretentious, but we're happy to be there. I can remember times. 15, 20 years ago, you could you'd get a park on the strip... Walk uh, to the beach, yes, coffee, surf club. You're out. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, hot or not. Awesome. <laughs> well, hot or not, some interesting topics here, and we're gonna we're gonna start with cricket, young man. Brett, hot or not, cricket has a serious problem with the working out of the schedule and what what's important going forward. T20, Test cricket, fifty over cricket, and how are we actually gonna try and make it all relevant. This is the this is the hottest hot or not in the history That's of hot, hot so. or not. I think so. It's the, the, this has been a problem for for some time, and the the old boys, the the played in my era, they they screamed about it with the the, the heavy importance placed on T Twenty throughout the summer. The heavy importance played on on the Big Bash League, playing it, it, it just the key role in crick in in the in the summer of cricket. Guys getting picked out of BBL cricket to play Test match, like it's it was inevitable at some stage that that people were going to switch off. 
Um, and, and we've seen some of the worst crowds uh, ever. Uh, that that one day crowd at the MCG the other night, Australia England, uh, what would normally be sixty five thousand, um, was well, I'm not sure sixty five thousand for a long. In fairness, I, I think maybe fifteen or twenty. I think that fifty over format hasn't had a sixty five thousand. Mate, for a long let time. me have my moment of my go, righto. If if I'm going hot, I'm going big. Sure, and everyone knows full cream. Egg. Everyone knows there's thirty five percent tax on, yeah. on when I'm hot. So yeah. I'm happy. Let me have my moment. So when you know, last year when there was ninety three thousand at the MCG, <laughs> uh, it's hot and it's a problem. Yep. And uh, how do, what do and we do? What do we, how do we prioritise it? In in fairness, the T Twenty World Cup schedule and and its place in the Australian summer was a bit of a problem because pe- people are a little cricketed out after that. That we go straight into the one day series. I uh, would have liked to have seen maybe a bit of a break from that and then and then straight into the test matches. Well, it was an awesome World Cup. Amazing. And, and, yeah, and look, phenomenal. I, I think in terms of the the test coverage, it's going to be terrific. We've got Indians coming up. We've got the West Indies coming up. The West Indies, I mean, hopefully that'll be well-received and it's competitive. The Indian Test Series in the new year, golly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has all-worldly. It's a big issue, 50 overs. How do we fit it in World Cups, etc.? All right, hold on off for you, David. Langer and Cum, the well, uh, and I'm, I'm going to have to fabricate this because you've written it and it's uh, completely broken English. So the Langer and Cummins feud hasn't even scratched the surface yet. Pistol hot. Oof. Oh, it's so well, no, hot. You're hot. I'm, I'm finding this really interesting, Brett, because... Erotic hot. Well, I, I, look, it's sexy, is it, for sure. It's a, it's a big, it's a <laughs> big topic, <laughs> isn't it? And, and what I'm seeing with, I'm seeing um, fractions that support Langer, the older players, etc. cetera. Uh, Herald Sun-type newspapers often favour him, and I'm, then I'm seeing the the Cummins supporters, Cricket New South Wales people, so the age, um, <laughs> like the, it's so, they're all coming from different angles. So with Paddy Cummins, you, you know, he's a good dude, um, socially extremely aware, um, a modern, um, modern human with great values, etc., etc. And then you've got the old school Paddy, um, Justin Langer, um, and they're poles apart, aren't they? In terms of where they sit, probably in many respects in life. Um, and then, like we mentioned before, who's actually got the numbers? I'm not sure that Langer across. Like, if you actually, if we did a, we did a poll um, today across the country, who do people think's in the right here, Justin Langer or Patrick Cummins today? Well, I reckon Langer's going to win, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think he would. It is interesting. I mean, I, th- I think people are, people are quite aware that, that, that Langer's history of aggression and intensity boxer was going to be problematic. <laughs> like that, that style has a lifespan yeah. and it's probably four years. Maybe. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, yeah, and, and, and particularly with, with the modern cricketer, like Justin Langer would have been a great coach for me because I, I needed the whack and I loved it. And and people of of my era yeah, twenty, would, 20 years ago, positive, absolutely yeah, that and, feedback, that genuine yeah, feedback. look, and, and it's yeah. why Timmy Coyle was 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 a good coach for the time because he kind of give it to you, yeah. and 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 you knew where you were, and sometimes it was his silence that was yes. that was the giveaway that you needed to 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 uh, to sort yourself out. But does that style work in the modern day for the for the for the modern day? We're, we're a couple of you know we're a generation removed. Um, it's uh, and again we could talk about this forever. It's a great topic. Okay, Brett. Oh yeah, I like this one. Ben Simmons is back, hot or not? 
This is hot. It's hot. Stop it's hot. It. Watch every You're minute. Hot. It's hot. He looks it, normal again. What I want to say though is that preface you, with it. So you've got a little caveat. You and I. Now this is purely between you and I. You sure. and I had a raging fist fight yep. a couple of weeks ago, to the point where um, the producer Steve told us to to stop. Calm down, boys. Yeah, we we had to stop, which which was completely justified <laughs> from Steve. Now what I want to say is that this is hot because Ben C- Ben Simmons has accepted his role. As and the roller, he's the roller. He's playing as the big forward. Mm. So on on Monday against uh, Memphis, twenty two on ball screens, fifteen dribble handoffs, yep. which means that he's he's setting the screen he and he's rolling to the basket. Yep. So he's not he's not the lead guard. He's not he's not playing. No, he's, sometimes he, he's not playing the ball handler. Mm. They, these are high numbers. They're very high yep. numbers. Which to there me, is a lot of that. Yeah, I, I which to watched me, every minute of it. So which I've to me, it. and to to almost every other basketball expert yes. in America, yes. Ben Simmons has accepted the role that he's not the point guard, and 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 and, and that's the reason he's playing well. That's the reason he's playing well. I'll, he's I'll, not. He's not trying to create. He's not. He's a finisher. So you're not sure that the reason he's playing well is that it simply took him 15 games after two years off to get going. There's nothing in. No, I mean now. I think I think he was trying too much. I think he was trying to be Ben Simmons from Philly. He wasn't. He well, wasn't embracing his role. His role now is to to be a big body, set a screen, get to the basket, which means he's getting the ball and he's able to. If the if the defense collapses, he's dishing it out to the to the open guys. He's playing his role perfectly. He I think he led the league in his last year at Philly with um, hitting the the corner three guys. So you know when he drives, they collapse. Psh. He's brilliant at that, isn't he? He just pings it out to the corners. Right, he's a he's a terrific basketballer. Look, look for me, this this is a situation. He's he's actually one of the most hate, hated play, people in America. That's what it's been. And what has happened well, here Philly. is hate has dictated the conversation here about the fact that yes, he just needed some time to fit into the new environment to or do those things you're talking about. But just get back and play basketball. He hadn't played in over twenty months. Come on now, and it's great to see. I. But Corey Homicide said a week ago, nah, he ain't playing in the Boomers. Nah, he ain't getting it. I don't, I Come don't. on. <laughs> now, Homicide, I love him, by the way. I'm not, of course he's going to play in the Boomers, and he's going to be a super important part of it because now we have that six-foot-ten guy who can go and play in Kevin Durant. We don't have that guy. Matisse Tyler, you can talk about him all you want, but he ain't going to as Jason Tatum, as, and he's not going to... As long as he's willing to set good. a screen for Paddy Mills and roll to the basket, everyone's going to be fine with Ben Simmons. I've got one for you, have I? Please. David, hot or not? Now a Tasmanian team is all but secure. Is it all but secure? All, all buts. All as David buts. said, we're, okay. we're, we're, we're close. 10 of it. 11 checkpoints. Yep, that's right. We will galvanise as a state and rally around. So you're talking, the, the question here is the north-south divide. <laughs> nah. Are we, will we be united Well, as I'm happy one? to answer if you want. Hot uh, or not? Uh... It's still a not for me. I, I, my big my big issue is this now is the significant, Brett, and I'll use that word again, significant ama- amount of political scenarios that we've got in play now. So much so, so that the national or the, the, the federal Labor Party has to keep their mouth shut because the state Labor Party down here have got almost got their agenda about the no stadium. So Labor Party have gone, no. When that's our that's our stance. We're doing that, and I can tell Albanese when he's had a couple of interviews, he he's almost like he can't actually say anything because 
So we've got, that's where they are. Obviously, the Liberal Party headed by Jeremy Rockcliffe, who took over from Gutwin, um, they're full steam ahead. Um, I just can't stand this whole, yeah, I don't like it. Not. And that's, so when you talk about galvanising for me, that's that's where, that's our, that's our issue we've got here at the moment. Interesting. It is interesting because I think that the last week there was a there was a Liberal Federal Minister, John O'Dunham. Is he? That's lib- it. He's a Liberal uh, Minister. Yeah, I think he might be. Yeah, so he. Yeah, but he he came out against the stadium. Oh, so he's he's yeah. So he, so you've got obviously Liberal in government yeah. down here at the moment. Yes. Jeremy Rockliffe, the Premier. Yeah, and he's all for the stadium. Yes, he is. And then his Liberal counterpart on a federal stage yep. against the stadium. So, oh. so, so, the, so there are fractions across both. Oh, well, that's right. Both I'd, parties. I'd love to see what David O'Byrne would say in a quiet room with us here. He's a <laughs> yeah, bad well, sportsman. This this and, music is summing and, it up. And, and, and I would say that David quietly would say, "Of course, we need a bloody stadium flash." <laughs> it's interesting. It's political, and I hate that part of it. But that's life. Most <laughs> things, sadly, are bloody political. Uh, get over it. Let's get moving. That's funny, David. Oh, it looks like I'm okay. asking you another no, one. No, I'll ask, no, I'm going to ask you. Um, this is an interesting one. Salary cap spread in local footy is a good thing, as Damien Gill um, highlighted today. Mm. So he's talking about the. The old scholars. He's talking about the, the 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 other all the leagues down here, whatever they are. So not necessarily the. I think the TSL. It's more the second tier leagues, isn't mm. it? Yeah, the SFL. It's hot. It's it's proper hot, and it's Damn. and it's it's one of the decisions that I that that, that has been made by the by AFL Tasmania yes. this year that I that I am in love with, and it's something that I wish Cricket Tasmania would would implement as well, because I, I think there there are there are a lot of very talented sports people that can still contribute as leaders and mentors and and performance contributors yep. to to premier level sport. So from a footy standpoint, you want Jay Bowden playing for, for Glenorchy in the in the statewide league as a twenty seven, twenty eight year old. Uh, you want these guys that are that are that are shifting off they're, they're, you know the and look rumors talk is that there's a lot of money being exchanged for mm. these quality players to to go back into these leagues uh, into the SFL and to what to what detriment to the to the premier pathway for our um for our Cowans and our McCullums mm. yeah and there is there is serious talk that 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 the statewide league is in is in jeopardy that it may fold and that there's a there's a significant talent oh, gap who's saying it's going to fold I got I got some good word during the week that it's this year, and then beyond that, there's well, yeah, and there's I can I ch- th- significant yep. questions around, regardless of the license. Well, I think what the thing actually- with that is, is because what does the mould look like going forward? So when if there, is there going to be a VFL team? Well, if there's a VFL team, you probably can't have a state league really so, because you'll just have. So to, it goes back into regional. Goes hubs, back into regional, which, which which is completely fine. But you and I have spoken about this a million yep. times yep. that. We spoke to John Menzies. Uh, what was mm. that? That was well. That's a yep. few a few months ago yep. now. But he moved to the SNFL. He did along with about eleven others. Oh, you know that's been ma- maybe more that's Victoria. Like the the you are, you almost have to leave the state to get drafted. Uh, the chances of you getting drafted out of the state league as a as an out of age uh, junior, um, so out of the devil system into the into the state league is so phenomenally small. But if all these players have shifted into the old scholars and in the SFL for huge money, that could still be really quality contributors to the state league so that we had the best of the best playing in that competition, 
then maybe it's different. Mm. And so I, I think by, by implementing the salary cap, same for cricket, maybe same for soccer, same for all sports, to, to, to control the talent level, to, to actually entice the best players to play at the highest possible level, to give our kids the opportunity to learn and, and learn their craft and actually have a chance at, at true progression and development through the appropriate pathway. The only thing I'd say to that is I'm not sure around the old scholars and obviously, as you know, I mean, you're an OHA great yourself, um, <laughs> that I don't think there's that much money going on those competitions. I know I, I know my club OHA, I don't just bugger all money, to be frank. And the more reason that some of these guys at 26, 27, 28 want to play local footy, as they just want to play with their mates. But, 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 so, and I think that's got washed out of the whole, mm. you know, not, not that I don't have full respect for what they're doing here. Great. Terrific. But another thing too, a big bundle of cash. It's, um, yeah, but, it's hard but to, Dave, hard to like if you're, if, you're, if you're talking about, and, and we've navigated this from a cricket perspective, you know, we've had, uh, you know, really quality players who yep. have you know, bounced between first and second grade come to us and say, hey, look, I've been offered five grand to, to go back and play in the SCA. Yep. And we say... Well, you've got to take it. <laughs> it's five grand. It's tax-free. Yeah. Uh, you can't miss. You're going to train a couple of nights a week. The commitment level's a little bit lower. You'd be mad not to, not to get paid to, to play. But from a footy perspective, if you're paying a whole heap of people, two or three grand here, two, so, you know, it's, it's not about... It's not about the $25,000 player. No. It's about the, the, the fact that you can actually get paid... Um, and get paid decently to, to, to play in that league. And my, my my concern is at what cost to the pathway of our aspiring professional athletes. Fair points, fair points. Fascinating conversation, isn't it? Um, yeah. Are we breaking or do we're you want one more? No, nah, we're going to a break. Right. We're going to have to leave a few on the table. Flash and Jeevesy talking a lot of waffle about sports. Stay with us. <laughs> Breakfast with Flash and Jeevesy for Amy, the doers of insurance and Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. We're live here on SCN across Tasmania and the SCN app. And for Kia Sportage, the drive car of the year, Hobart Kia moment that expires. Pretty boy, yesterday, Tasmania, Victoria, a bit of a seamer, goodness me. The Vicks bundled out for 121. Quite remarkable. The MCG, of course, Tasmania in reply, are four for one oh two. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> Wrong hot, segment, but that's hot fine. start, isn't it? Sorry, I was still in hot or not mode. We'd been uh, back and forward. Some some good debate there. Uh, yeah, the, the Tigers uh, playing some good cricket there. One hundred and twenty one yep. at the at the MCG is a, a great result. Um, Interesting, and we were chatting off air about uh, Tim Payne not playing in the in the Shield team. Uh, Jake Doran sliding down to two forwards. Yep, so that's He's the same team. At, well, not batting this, at six. That's right. So effectively, um, like, well, actually, there is a change to that because Riley Meredith played the last game and Nathan Ellis came in. But yes, they made the decision to go with uh, Jake Doran again as the keeper. Um, effectively going with the extra bat, aren't they? Mm. Jackson Bird, a great return yesterday, four for 13 off 15 overs. That is a spell. That is, or oh, it's a couple of spells. He bowled. Well, that's, uh, and look, Squid hasn't been in the best form. Peter Siddle made three for 30, or got three for 34. Three, two wickets for Nathan Ellis, one for Jared Freeman. So 100 and, 
22. Tassie in reply, 4 for 100. So they're 19 behind. Um, Doran's been there for a while. Jordan Silk, 24 and out. Yeah, it's interesting. Ben McDermott struggling. Um, that'd be fair to say, I would have thought, in the top order. Um, Tim Payne. Yeah, I think this, Tim Payne probably should still be in that team. And I, and I say that, Brett... Because I just think he's keeping us so far superior mm. to Jake Doran's, and I'm a and I'm a keeper person. You can, I mean, but you can, you can make a case for it, can't you? Like, yeah, the, of this, course. The, the, if this, you can get away with, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. This team, as far as balance, yeah. Bo, Bo Webster batting at seven is a, is, is a huge yeah, result. Freeman Freeman's eight. batting well. Eight, Ellis can hit bombs at nine. And if you've got. I mean, you know, Matty Wade could could potentially keep McDermott a keeper, Doran's a keeper. Yes, they're not at the at the quality of of Tim Payne, who we know is yep. still one of the best keepers in the world. But what is what is the run saved versus um, you know the the disparity between the keeping yep. and and the amount of runs you're going to save there versus the amount of runs you're banking on McDermott v Payne. If if that's the way you're going to go, so well, that's a, but at the very least that's a discussion, isn't it? And that's my point, I guess. That mm. McDermott just not mm. just not scoring runs. It, look, they're they're an interesting team. Um, and they went in. We talked about before the start of the season. All chips in with some veteran leadership. The bowlers, you know, 37, 38, 37 year old Peter Siddle, Jackson Bird at thirty six, but they're still very very good at their craft. It's a big game because if they do get a result there, that's going to keep them very much entrenched. Uh, near the top two. Of course, they're probably a little bit unlucky in the last game with rain maybe costing them a victory. So, Victoria, 121, four for 102. Um, I've got to say too, Dave, really quickly, good to see young Sam Elliott making his debut for Victoria. the son of Matthew Elliott. Yes. Um, And Matthew Elliott should have been a Tasmanian. He is... The Tasmanian, oh, he's a legend. So the, the the Tasmanian people would really take to to Matty Elliott. Gets three beers into him and turns into a Tasmanian. He's hilarious, really good man. So uh, terrific to see young almost young Sam unrecognisable when he had that photo with <laughs> Sam and he's got the big grey beard and you know the we well, looked old. Didn't he? <laughs> well, <that's laughs> it was a bit of a reality check for all of us. As well, to, where where are we? Yeah. What no, Matthew not. Elliott looks seventy five. He's a big boy, his son too. Don't yeah, worry, that's no, for sure. He bowls good pace. Let's go to the news. Stay with us here with Flash and Jeevesy. We'll be back here at the MCG in just a few moments. Great to have you with us, Flash and Jeevesy, with you on a Friday morning. And we're going to talk some cricket now with a joyous tone, but a bit of a disappointing tone as well after a terrific season from the Hurricanes and the WBBL. We're joined by Heather Graham. I'm sure she'd wish she was still playing, but sadly that didn't happen. And just falling short the last couple of games. Good morning, Heather. How are you? Morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Great to have you with us here, mate. Thanks for joining us. It was a, it was a terrific year, and but just sadly that the form just evaded you in those last couple of games. Must be a little bit disappointing how things ended. Yeah, it was a little bit disappointing. I think that's the nature of T Twenty cricket, though. Um, with a really packed schedule, we had a few niggles and illnesses at the back end, so I guess we weren't really able to put um, our best team out there every single game and. Um, that probably was a little bit of undoing for us. Tell us about those couple of injuries which sort of changed the balance a bit. Um, yeah, so obviously myself was injured a little bit during that back period there. So I was had to sit out a couple of games and then we had a couple of others that were had some floating injuries as well um, with Maisie Gibson and some other people were sick as well. So 
yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a tough battle at the end there. Heather, uh, t- talk us through how sitting out injuries, particularly through a, a shortened tournament like uh, like the WBBL jam pack schedule, can can kind of mess with your uh, your form. You know, I suppose it's 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 really hard to get a run at. Did that did that play a part for you? You know, you're in and out, and you you know trying trying to refine yourself um, with every new game. Um, a little bit. I think with T20 cricket, you've got to take the ups and downs. I think um, you can feel really good one game and then get out for a duck the next game. So I think that's just the nature of T20 cricket and you can't think into that too much. But I think, um, yeah, but having to sit off was obviously quite difficult. I hate sitting off. Um, so, yeah, the fact that I had to do that wasn't enjoyable. Um, but, yeah, I think um, in terms of form, it's, you just got to, continue working on and that's when you can't do it out on the field so heather i i woke to to some news this morning i was you know, flicking through news.com which is unfortunately my my news cycle i need to get away from that david um but there's there's some significant talk about uh, about a women's ipl um is that is that something that you're keeping an eye on that'd be quite exciting for you yeah absolutely i think um any sort of cricket around the world at the moment, for the, especially in the women's side of things, is really exciting. I know there's a couple other leagues that are kick-starting the next year or two as well. So I think I'll put my name forward and see what happens. But I think it's a really exciting time um, in women's cricket around the whole world. You must have uh, been really, really keen to see the back of Laura Harris the other night, Heather. Oh, God, yeah. Bloody my hell. golly. She <laughs> makes some serious runs against us. 44 or 14, and it was ridiculous. I mean, that is a that was an all worldly sort of knock. Yeah, I think there's something up in the water in Queensland, to be completely honest, because there's a few of them looking like a ball like that. But um, yeah, the form that she's been able to have against us this year, I think that's the third game now, and she's got us in all three. So um, we're going to have to sit back down on the planning table and work some things out for next season, I think. I'm interested with you. I mean, you're in a, uh, a really good position to answer that with the WBB or what are we eight years in now. So when you uh, started your cricket in terms of the professional level, the WBB literally was just starting. Um, so you've sort of seen it all now unfold. As I know we've got a couple of games still to go, but how have you seen this year overall in, term, in terms of, and, and sort of wind it back to when things are started in all manners of the quality of the cricket, obviously professionalism, etc. Uh, do you feel now that a really, really good position compared to, so even when things were rolling for you as a 17, 18-year-old? Yeah, absolutely. The game's gone so far, especially even in the last couple of years with the professionalisation of the game, especially around the whole world as well. We've been able to get some different internationals in each year, but I think um, the I think the big thing is just the skills with both the bat and the ball. I think um, people are able to hit the ball a lot harder and a lot further now. And I think um, the skill set that both the pace and the spinners have um, is probably a testament to how far the game's come as well. And I think the evolution of probably watching the mystery spinners and the men's sort of stuff in the men's side of it as well um, and trying to just bring in some new skills to the women's game. But it's definitely... um, yeah, it's so far from what it was in WBBO one. Um, yeah, it's been a great journey to be on. Heather, I think um, I think you need to have a chat to your recruitment team because the only way to get Laura Harris out is to oh. have her have her on your side. 
I think. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe have a maybe just plant the seed. We need Laura Harris next year. Um, but look, looking looking at the scorecard from that last game, there's a there's, there's some statistics that that stand out. Young Amy Smith, four overs, three for twenty one in spell. in what was a, a a pretty damaging innings from the from the. From the Heat, seven for one seventy nine. They finished up on. Share, share with us a little bit about Amy and 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 her progression as a player. Yeah, Amy's an absolute ripper. Um, I remember when when she first came onto the scene. I was I was actually playing against her. She was a probably a fifteen year old that um, didn't tie her hair up. So she's come a long way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was a very classy fifteen year old back then. And now. Um, She's blossomed into a, a really great 18-year-old um, kid. So um, the skill that she's been able to display, especially having to work around um, Year 12's exams as well, that during that middle period of the mm. WBBL has been a pretty good challenge for her. And I think, um, yeah, she's done really well with that. And I think those last couple of games she's been able to relax because she's been done with the exams. So I think we've just seen a bit of a fun side of Amy come out there. It must be really exciting, Heather, and, and look, you're a bit of a veteran but at, at 25 you're a veteran which is which is exciting in itself that that this current generation of players are, are a bit of a pioneer uh f- for what's to come for the for the for the next crop of players coming through so if you think about the game in 10 15 years time so you know the current 10 11 year olds are, are sort of 25 26 uh the level of pay the amount of cricket on offer that that must be something that that, that, that is really quite exciting for the um for the current player yeah, I think it is. I, I don't think anyone knows where the women's game is going to go in the next five to ten years. So I think um, it's going to be really exciting, especially in that back end of my career, to, um, I guess, be able to see that evolve and then be able to sit down on the couch after it and just watch the girls absolutely blossom um, and take the game even further. And who knows, yeah, where that where the women's game can go. I can't even think about how far it can go at the moment because it's just um, each year it just gets better and better. It does indeed, and it is awesome to watch. And the whole package just keeps just improving. And the talk maybe with the IPL and the significant option there for women to earn those big checks around the world is absolutely brilliant. Well done on the season so far in terms of the WBBL. Although I'm, I can tell in your tone of voice a little bit disappointed how things finish, but you've got plenty of good cricket to come and all the best for the rest of the season, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, they just, they had a terrific season, Brett. It was, and it just, yeah, effectively, well, they lost the last three games, didn't they? So couldn't quite get it done. And as so rightly pointed out, it's such a fickle game that you just, Laura Harris changes that game. Wow. I mean, that is, Mate, that, that was some clean hitting. And if you she, haven't watched it, go back and actually, what, 44 of 14, it was just a, you know, clinic. She 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 was a real problem uh, for the Hurricanes uh, whenever they played the Heat. But yes. I, I should point out, I guess that you know the pioneers of, of, of female cricket. You got to go back to the Zoe Gosses, Jackie Triffett, locally, sure. just legend Julia Price. Yep. The, these these types of ladies who, who you know they played at Brilliant. at their own cost. They they have really set the game up. Mel Jones um, for yeah for the yep. for this current crop who again are laying a, a really strong foundation for the game to become full-blown professional where um, well it is full-blown professional now but in terms of you know money equality with the men's sponsorship Brilliant. it's uh, it's 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 an ever-growing product so um, yeah it is always worth acknowledging uh, the, the, the the true pioneers revolutionaries of the game you know, people like Jackie Triffitt
Definitely. Legends. Definitely. Well said. Flashing Jeeves, he's still with you, winding through the last hour, coming back after the break. Been great to have you company here in the palatial state. Would you love that word, don't you, Brett? Here in Harrison Agents. What about Brent Costello? Um, has just tweeted there, the map is back. Tasmania are going to have, uh, they're going to play Queensland next year. Now, my understanding is it's not the AFL players, so it's just made up of the local players, potentially from different leagues, etc. But the map is back. Tasmania and the women's teams as well going to play at Queensland in July next year at the Grand Old Girl North Hobart, Brett. That's good. Ooh, representative good. footy at North Hobart's got Perfect. a bring to it, hasn't it, with the map? Wouldn't yeah. it be cool to get a, a, a Tassie? Like a Tassie team right now, I bet you did the numbers in the AFL team. Not That's great, by the way. Be pretty fair squad. Some good. It's not a bad team, is it? Yeah, I mean, you've got a couple of ageing forwards in Brown and, and Revolt, etc. But you've got some real class. You've got class across half-back. Do you think? Jeremy Howes yeah, and the world, isn't Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see licence goes ahead. Best case scenario, stadium, stadium gets ticked off. We get our team. Yep. What what does the compensation look like for our for our entry into the league? So you know we've seen yep. Gold Coast probably undercompensated from drafts concessions early days. GWS probably overcompensated in draft concession. What what I would love to 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 see is for there to be an expression of interest from the Tasmanian players yes. within the league. Who wants to start? Who wants to yep. be team one, squad okay. one with the AFL? Toby Nankervis, King Island. Could be Jack Reva. So let's say. Oh, no, no, uh, Toby's Georgetown, I think. He is. He is, yeah. He Puts is. his hand up, Left says, yep. Over. Says, yep, I want in. Okay, so you want in. As part of uh, the, the compensation, Richmond, we're going to give you what we deem Toby Nankervis to be, to, to be worth. So the AFL go, okay, Richmond, you get draft compensation, pick 17, 16, 16 whatever. Sure. And Richmond go, yeah, okay, cool, let's do that. Yep. So, so, the, so the draft compensation goes to the clubs rather than to Tasmania yes. to pick kids who aren't actually Tasmanian, I suppose. Yes. You know, we could end yes. up with a GWS with Coniglio from WA and Taranto from here and kids from all over the place. Yep. Flip that around, bring in some Tasmanian players, which I, which I think will really just help build that initial connection. I mean, we're, we're going to be connected. There's no doubt it almost about that. Like, let's imagine but it'll, it'll help significantly. If it was next year that it was happening, you'd, you'd want to make sure that you've got Jack Revolt playing for Tasmania, uh, Alex Pierce playing for Tasmania. And Alistair Lynch. Setting the, setting the precedent of some of the veteran leaderships to, to really set the, the, the culture and the team and set it all up. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. I remember clearly there'll be... You know, there's going to be lots and lots and lots of concessions, and there'll need to be. How old's Jack now? Is he 36? He's 3, 34. Oh, he's only 34. No, so he's not old. Yeah, don't worry. He's done the numbers. Oh, buddy. He, he ain't playing at 38 and a half for Tassie. How, how, 39 nearly he'd be. How much longer has he got, do you think, Jack, if you had to put a number on it? Well, that's right. Two years? Yeah, another two no, seasons? One, I reckon. But I mean, most tried to retire him off a couple of years ago. See, he's done all right. He's squeezed a bit out at the end, hasn't he? Mm, he's done it very well. You've done it very, very well. Let's go to a break. We're getting close to the end of the show. It's been great to have your company. We'll come back shortly to wrap things up. On SEN Tassie, Flash with David Lithgow.
Harrison Agent. Segment time here with Flash and Jeevesy and Brady Boy. I've got a house for you to buy, mate. Well, I'm not sure I've got the cash. No, no. <laughs> to be honest. Well, this is in Westby Road in South Launceston. It's a four-bedder, three-bath, four-car, and it's for sale by Expressions of Interest, capturing an outlook of Launceston City. This grand residence offers spacious elevation and beautiful views of the Tamer River. Few, few residents can create such a... I can't even see what I'm saying there. Impression of quality, expensive space. Do you like these big words, Brent? And sophisticated family living with most rooms enjoying spectacular views. There's an open for inspection 11 to 11.30. Michael Dursley and Josh Shackey with that property. And then 37 Bayview Drive, Blackstone Heights. This is a monster. Five bed up, two bath, four Car spaces for sale offers over 1.595 million. Waterfront address offers spectacular views sweeping across Lake Trevallon with two exceptional spaces for living arranged on either side of this fabulous central deck. Five bedrooms, two bathrooms contributes to a superb accommodation, including the main bedroom, walk in robe, and ensuite. The dining flows seamlessly through the covered deck, delivering an awesome indoor-outdoor entertaining area that makes the most brilliant backdrop for some home. Some home, this one, Brent? It's a beauty. It's in, it's, well, it sounds it. It's, it's in Brenty. This is a, what was it? This is five, five bed, bedroom, two bath, two bath four, four car. car. So that's 17 Bay, Bayview Drive in Blackstone Heights. It's a big Contact house. Josh Shacky, what's over the weekend? I've got to say, very good recruitment from Harrison Agents to get Josh Shacky to play full forward for the for the Harrison That's Agents him. team. That's him. Terrific. Yep. Well done. Game well too, by the way. He's a beauty. Uh, oh, busy weekend. Kids sport. There's basketball. We've got uh, cricket Sunday, basketball Saturday. Um, I might try and squeeze some golf in for the first time in in a few months. That'll be there'll be a tantrum. Now, before you? we go, everyone's waited. What happened in social basketball this week? Did you get ejected? Anything happen, or just all normal? I missed with a, uh, a um, uh, for. What, what, I don't. I don't know I'm, what I'm, happened to you, by the way. So I'm, I'm pick- trying to make something up. Uh, back injury. Oh, back injury. <laughs> so you're out injured. Injured. Okay. One week only. All right. Back Ju- next week. Good. I can't wait to join you again. Julian DeStoop's coming up shortly. Great to have your company this morning, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves. Stay with us. The weekend is packed here on SEN Radio. Thanks so much for joining us.